you're listening to the Google Ads Podcast, brought to you by Solutions 8, the Google Ads Agency. Scott, I'm with Solutions 8, it's your day of the Google News, and I'm here with Luke Magnetti, who, Luke, we met in Costa Rica. It was a fateful meet-cute, if I can phrase it that way. We were hanging outside that little coffee shop, and I don't even remember what catalyzed the conversation. I just remember being so impressed with you. Like, you were just firing off on all cylinders about all this stuff that you're doing. I was like, man, this dude, is he's like, got it. Do you remember how that conversation started or what we talked about? Yeah, I, thank you, first of all, but I think we were talking about school maybe because i've been homeschooled and honestly like really self-educated my mom kind of just let me learn what i wanted to learn and i think that's what we were talking about i've got a 10th grade education i don't know if you know that so i, <laughs> I think that's exactly we were talking to somebody before that and it was like a completely different thing go to college doesn't matter if you want to or not i tell everybody and we were like oh, i don't really want to go to college and we've been learning about entrepreneurship and you're like yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, though, dude, it's funny i'm planning for my children's future at the moment right now we just started a trust we're trying to build out whatever that looks like I don't want to put money in the 529 plans because I don't think a post-secondary education is going to look like what it looks like now today B I don't even know if they'll be around so I'm trying to figure out what advice I'd give my kids because I think there's some merit to being in a room with other people that want to grow want to learn I think the networking is helpful but I don't think it matches the expense you can get the dorm room experience at the YMCA without spending 40 grand a semester whatever hell college yeah. costs now so I thought it was pretty cool that the approach that you took the approach your parents allowed you to take when we spoke you and I made a deal you were yep. building a business and I, what was the structure of the deal? Do you remember it was like three agreements? Yes. Yeah. First of all, because it was at that time, I was at the point where I was like, I want to start creating a personal brand and obviously a business, but it was more of like, this is what I want to do and this is what I'm planning on doing. But it was still that kind of thing. Like I need that urge or that push to actually go out and do it. So it was post two TikToks a day for six months. It was 50 podcast episodes and a course, which we turned that into kind of a YouTube series. I'm on your uh, podcast. I'm going to include the links in the show notes too, but the, you got the podcast. You nailed it. You're up to 1,200 followers on TikTok now. Had you started mm -hmm. after that conversation? Is this brand new, effectively? TikTok was brand new. Right after, I think it was like, I don't know when we got home from Costa Rica. I think we got home from probably on like a Saturday and I started on Monday. So oh, that's awesome. Dude, some of your TikTok videos are getting like 1,000 views. Like, dude, that's no yeah. joke. I've learned a little bit of what TikTok is liking, what people like to watch, and it's definitely a learning curve, but it's good. It's fun. It's kind of, you get to experiment and see you being polarizing and saying different things, what gets views and what doesn't. Yeah. The more you piss people off, the more they pay attention. Then. Yeah. I love reading the comments, honestly, especially too, when like people get mad at something. <laughs> Dude, I got my podcast. I just posted this on Facebook. My podcast got a bad review because I mentioned Jordan Peterson's name. Oh my like it was gosh. somebody who doesn't like Jordan Peterson. And they're like, I can't believe that you would allow him to influence your thinking. And I was like, oh God, like if you went through my bookshelf, I have Joseph Goebbels diary. I'm not a Nazi, but I, <laughs> I'm a little interested in what somebody like that thinks. And actually, forgive me, I'm not comparing Jordan Peterson and Goebbels at all. I love Jordan Peterson. I call my digital dad. The point being though, that I'm going to expose myself to all the information. And if that pisses people off, I think that that's somebody on Twitter said this. I really appreciate it. He goes, that's like the epitome of an echo chamber. It's like, you can't even allow this person to exist in your worldview or I'm going to be offended. Mm -hmm. um, I love your YouTube series, Millionaire in the Making. Tell me about that. I pretty much wanted to just document like my whole entire journey. I think it would be just a great thing like when I'm 25, 30, 35, 40 to look back and be like, oh, look at me when I was 18. Like, look at what I was doing. Like I was just this little kid that really didn't have any clue what he was getting himself into or knew what he was doing, but he was going out there and doing it. It's not only just for myself to be able to look back at my whole entire journey, but other people like I'm very blessed to be born 
born into the family that I've been in. And I've kind of made a lot of connections in the entrepreneurial world because of my mom and my dad and, and the things that they do. I want to just share it with kids that might not have that privilege of being able to get put in rooms with some of these people like mm. right away. And so if I can just share what I've learned and share what I'm doing and some kid that really wants it can go out and do the same exact thing and make it big, then that would be worth it. I love it, man. How are you tracking this? So a million in the making, the goal is to be a quote unquote millionaire. Mm -hmm. Is that a million dollars gross revenue? Is that a million dollar liquid net worth? Is that a million dollar that in sales? I, yeah, I feel like I have to figure that out exactly because I think that I don't want to be the guy that's like, I'm a millionaire because I made a million dollars, but I only net profit 100K. I could spend like, $900,000 on a quick funnel and hit the two comma club. You know what I mean? Yeah, now, I, I, exactly. Yeah. I got my two comma club award, but it's actually funny. I know somebody who did that. Soapbox coming that would piss off the world. But yeah, that two comma club award, I'm like, that is the most vanity metric. I have more respect for the Inc. 5000 thing because at least then you have to mm -hmm. show growth with, via tax returns. Like, dude, comma club award, it's a brilliant piece of marketing. Exactly. Yeah, I know somebody who like net profited like 10 grand or something. Right. I think it's going to be mostly like what I've profited. A million dollars in profit. I yeah. think that, and even too, like I'm planning on taking some of the money that I make, obviously from my agency that I'm running and putting it in other kind of sources of investments, whether that's real estate or whatever it is that I figured out, whether it's, you know, invest in equity in different companies. I think that I'll find out more and more, like, when do I get to the point where I'm like, okay, I'm a millionaire. Yeah. And it's not like somebody can come in and be like, well, technically you're not a millionaire. Like, I don't want to be like the person that's just trying to say that you're a millionaire just because you want that like social proof but yeah. like legitimately are. <laughs> Self with my Lamborghini. Yeah. Uh, I didn't realize how little money a lot of those dudes have until I got money. And then I am in those circles. Like I'm in Justin Donald's Lifestyle Investment Mastermind. Mm -hmm. And it's 50 grand a year to join and you have to yeah. be basically one percenter. And when you're in that circle, you start seeing some of these people that are doing the San Diego beach house, Ferrari, Lamborghini, whatever. And because those people, the people within the mastermind have more access than the average person does, you're able to, you get a purview into the fact that like, oh, that dude is broke as a joke, has no money. You know, I drive a Hyundai. Every now and again, I'm tempted to just go get the supercar just because it just feels like I'd get more views. You know, yeah. like my YouTube subscriber goes up, my whatever likes, comments, shares, but I just can't because I don't have a passion for cars. I'm not wealth shaming. I'd feel embarrassed. You know, like if I was really into cars, I think I could do it and I could justify it that way, but I would just be doing it for the attention. I mean, well, not for nothing, but I'm the same way. Like, I think there's a quote that's like, I think it's like money talks, but true wealth is silent. Yeah. And you kind of don't want people to know you have money, you know, it gets real exactly. like family well, comes out of the woodwork everybody wants to borrow from you yeah that's something that i'm trying to figure out and i actually put a disclaimer in my series i was like i'm not going to say i'm going to be transparent as possible in this series mm -hmm. but i don't want to be like in february i made twenty two thousand one hundred. I'm not going to be Dude, like I think it'd be cool if somebody did that, though. Do you know who Pat Flynn is, Smart Passive Income? Mm -mm. Pat, for the longest time, he was teaching people how to make Smart Passive Income, and he listed his income on a monthly basis on his website. And it looks like he doesn't do that anymore. But I just thought that it's was so cool and so transparent. And if memory serves, it was his net profit, like after cost. But I love the fact that you're documenting the process to become a millionaire because, you know, it's such a broken road. Like, I don't really know where the inflection point was for me. And I think it's going to be really cool for you to go back and see that and cool for other people to watch yeah, and maybe exactly. follow. Hell, you're 18 right now? Yep. Just turned 18 in November. So. Oh, well, happy birthday. One, Thank two. you. Are you out of high school or are you still wrapping that up? Yep. Totally done. Technically, my education, it's easier to tell people like, yeah, I'm just done. But it's always been like my schooling was so entrepreneurial driven since mm. I'm 
was really like 14 that yes, I can say like I've graduated because technically I have, but it's like, I love learning and I'm still learning most of the stuff that I ever was. So it's like, where do you go to learn? What's your modality of choice? Books, podcasts, but honestly doing. I love David Goggins book. Can't hurt me and never finished are very, very good books for I haven't mindset. Read never finished yet. I should go get that one, but I have, I, I've been listening to it. Very, very good mindset books. Those ones, extreme ownership by Jocko Willink. That yep. is a very, very good one. I've actually just now kind of been starting to get into more business books. I've been very like mindset book driven. And so I'm actually reading this book right now called Built to Last. I'm not too sure what the author is, but pretty much they took these. Jim Collins, isn't it? That sounds about right. You know what's funny about that? I love Built to Last. I talk about it often. None of the companies that he talks about in Built to Last lasted. The funny thing was, is that I was looking at the, okay, there's some companies that I do know, like American Express, Marriott, like the visionary companies. Yeah. Because it said in the first chapter, it was like, think of your own visionary companies, but they have to be founded before 1950. And I'm like, I can't. I was like, Google? But that was founded. Well, I I think the principles of Built to Last still stand, but it's just we've had so many massive context changes. I I interrupted you when you were talking about doing. You said you like to read, you like to listen to podcasts, but mostly you like to do. Yes. I think that doing is like... That's where I learn the most. I like learning, but I like implementing what I learned. And I think that a lot of people, especially on social media and TikTok and stuff, they kind of tell people to do stuff, but they don't actually do it themselves. Yeah. I refuse <laughs> yeah. to believe a person would do such a thing. How nefarious. So there's a book, Make It Stick. And honestly, it could have been an infographic. I wouldn't recommend reading it because I think they just wanted to write a book so they could write books. But mm-hmm. the, 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 the concept is brilliant and it's scientifically backed peer reviewed data on what helps a human remember. And it's exactly what you just said. It's after you've imbibed information, self-test and then take action. And that's the whole book is just mm-hmm. test yourself and take action. And, you know, you end up having like 80% higher retention over the course of time. And it's interesting. Where did funnel hubs come from? Did you, is this your idea? Did you think this up? No. So actually it's kind of like a brand new thing. There's these guys inside of the click funnels community or they are, but I mean, they're in different communities all, but originally they were in, um, Russell Brunson's inner circle, his coaching programs. And they started thinking of this idea because they're like, saw the benefits of say a website has to specific businesses, but they're like, what if we take the marketing skills that we've learned through funnels and put them onto a website? This is like a really recent thing that they started and they started building these out for a lot of super successful digital marketers. They've seen a lot of good results with it. I love building funnels and I was actually had a funnel building agency, but it's starting to get more saturated and it's a lot of people just build funnels Mm. and not a lot of people are able to build these funnel hubs. That's why I kind of went more this direction because I saw that a lot of people can use them, but not a lot of people are out there building them. Dude, I love that. I love that you've niched down. It took me 10 years of being an entrepreneur to learn to niche down and you've just cracked the code right mm-hmm. out of the gate. I've got your website up here. If somebody wants to work with you, they're going to go to magnetidigital.com and you kind of have an explanation of a funnel hub. The way that I thought about it when you explained it to me was it's, it's like a link tree for funnels, but maybe more robust. I mean, really like simply you can look at it as kind of a website. It's a website that works. It was actually very funny. The people that created this thing is they call it more of a website because it's just easier. People know more of what a website is. Yeah. And they were going to pitch this idea to Russell Brunson. And it was like right after he made a video, he posted a video. It was like, the website's dead. And they're like, oh no. 
(laughs) we're going to get chewed out here. But no, it's very interesting because you can see on, if you go to some of these digital marketers sites, you can kind of tell like the way that they're structured, they have a lot of call to actions and it really just lays out everything that everybody needs. If somebody's watching your webinar, if somebody's looking at your business, they can go and find out everything and not all of your testimonials aren't all over the place. All of your offers aren't all over the place. It's just very like clear, very transparent of how people can work with you. That's super cool. What do you charge to build a funnel hub? So right now it's $5,000 for full hub. That concludes like seven to eight pages. Sometimes people need more pages and that's obviously like work with them to see what they need. Some people might need like, you know, a speaking request page. So if they are speaking, then you can have a page that's like request to speak and a whole form that people can fill out. And then other people have podcast pages, but the generic structure is you have your homepage, an about page, a movement page that you're sharing, not just like, oh, I'm trying to make money, but like, why, what's your, why, what's your purpose? That you have a testimonial page. So you're able to put all of the testimonials, all of your case studies that you have. I think I said about page and there's two more I'm actually blanking on. Are you writing this content for people or are you doing the structure and then capturing the content from them? The way that it works is there's a lot of things like, for example, copy wise, I'll go onto a zoom with the people and talk with them specifically like, okay, how can we make this copy sound like you talking? Like, obviously you're not going to write the copy, but how can we get this? So what exactly are the things that you believe? What separates you from all the other people that we want to put on here? And I work with the people directly with that through talking with them on Zoom, going to forums and having them type in stuff. And then I put what's in their head and what they want to say all onto that funnel hub. And obviously they send photos and things like that, but we can also work with them with like different fonts and different colors and all of their branding and everything like that. That's awesome. How are you advertising yourself right now? So right now I'm just doing pretty much like cold outreach, but it's actually a little bit different and you might enjoy this. I don't really want to be like the person that I think that there's a lot of people that cold message a lot of people. And so I think it's very easy to get like lost in somebody's DMs. What I've actually been doing is creating a demo page for somebody. If there's somebody that I know on social media that is in need of one, I'll spend a couple hours make them a page, put all of the things and it depends on the person what type of page it is. Normally it's like an about page or a speaking page or a testimonial page. And I'll just send them and be like, hey, look, I wanted to make this for you to give you a representation of how I could help you out. If you're interested, let me know. If not, that's totally fine as well. Can I show you the best cold outreach I've ever seen in my entire life? Yeah. This happened 18 hours ago. And I mentioned, actually, it's odd that this has come full circle, but that, that Jordan Peterson thing, I posted it to Facebook and I was just bummed. And I get this email from this guy, Adrian, and he goes, sorry to hear about the Jordan Peterson review mishap, which instantly, in terms of cold outreach, it's always like, hey, custom as an agency owner, I'm sure. And I'm like, delete, hit spam, whatever. He found something specific to connect with me on, which I thought was brilliant. And he gave me a review, which I was like, that's a give first. And he's obviously listening to perpetual traffic, but then he's like, I know you're busy, so I'll get straight to the point, which is, well, that's a classic line. But he's like, I made you a four minute video. And what's interesting about the video is it had my business partner's face on it. So I was like, all right, this is obviously not a templated video. And so when I go to this video, it actually says a message for Kasim. He mispronounces my name when he says, hey, Kasim, that's fine. But as you scroll throughout this video, he's got shots of my YouTube channel in here, which just blew me away. And the sales pitch is phenomenal. Like what he's offering here as far as like what he does for what we would do. It's just really, I don't know how he's doing this. I don't know if he's doing it at scale. If he's got a piece of software that like, dumps these things in there, or if he has VAs that just manually go through and take a template and modify it. The video is obviously a template, but he's chunking in custom pieces of whatever. But I was just so impressed with the time, effort, and energy that he took. And it sounds like you're doing the same thing, like a custom landing page for people that you know you want to work with. Mm -hmm. 
which is nobody does that work. How's it working so far? Are you getting responses? Honestly, I just started this probably about a week and a half ago, two weeks ago. Yeah. So it's pretty new. I've done about five to 10 people. And so a couple people have responded. Some of them were like, hey, I need to send this to my actual technical people because I don't even do any of this stuff. Other people are super, super busy. So it's like, I have a couple leads for some people, but it's just a whole learning process. I love figuring it out and finding out like, okay, this works, this doesn't work. I should probably go with maybe more of this audience because these people seem to like this more and, and so on. What advice do you have for, I'm going to use the word kid. I hope you'll forgive me. It's not a pejorative, but what advice do you have for other kids that want to start a business? I would say don't expect to like knock it out of the park when you first start. (laughs) Maybe expect the opposite. (laughs) Well, I mean, I've been guilty of this in the past. And although like when you learn business can be very easy and I'm sure you've like realized like when you were probably starting Kasim, it seemed so difficult to get past $10,000 a month. But then once you actually get past it, you're like, oh, I could do that in my sleep now because we're Mm. doing so much at scale. But I think that the younger generation, they kind of like going to knowing or they think that they are going to scale faster than they actually are. What I see and what actually almost happened to me was it doesn't work out the way that you think it does and you get discouraged from it and a lot of kids quit. Mm. And so the biggest thing is like, don't expect to think that you're gonna like have a million dollar business by the time you're 20. Like you could, and you could go for that. Like definitely go for it because even if you don't get to a million dollars by your 20, I'm sure that you'll be a lot further along than if you just settled for less. But don't, just because you don't hit a goal that you thought you were going to hit, don't get discouraged by that. Look at it and be like, okay, what went wrong here? What could I improve? What can I do differently? And learn as much as you can from that and just keep going. That's brilliant advice, man. Sound like a grizzled entrepreneur. Luke, I appreciate you coming on, dude. I'm going to post all the links to all your stuff. Everybody, if you're watching, go subscribe to Luke's YouTube channel. Let's watch a millionaire in the making. Hit him up on TikTok. And if you want one of these funnel hubs, you're going to go to magnetidigital.com. This has been your daily Google News. Like, comment, subscribe. You know how YouTube works. Appreciate you all. Peace. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Google Ads Podcast. For more ways to grow your business with Google Ads, you can subscribe to the Solutions 8 YouTube channel. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend. And if you'd like to work with the best Google Ads agency in the world, you can visit Solutions 8 at sol8.com. Custom here. If you're running Google Ads, even if your campaigns are successful, my years of experience have taught me that there are almost always enormous improvement opportunities. Now, what if the best Google Ads agency in the world was willing to review your Google Ads campaigns for free and provide you with a comprehensive action plan, no cost or obligation? Notice, I didn't say audit or evaluation. I said action plan a bullet point by bullet point breakdown of exactly what needs to be done to improve your Google Ads campaigns. Yours to keep, no cost or obligation. Head over to solate.com to get a free Google Ads action plan customized for your business. No strings attached. That's sol8.com. S-O-L, the number eight, dot com.